And we're back, episode number two of Strategy and the Virtual Controller. I was listening to a webcast the other day, Penny, and uh, they were saying that most podcasts rarely get beyond eight episodes. And I know on our episode planning, we're well and truly beyond eight episodes. So I'm delighted to be here with you today for episode two. How are you today, Penny? I'm doing fine. Got my vaccine and ready to rock and roll out of town here in about a week or so. Getting back on the road after the vaccine. When was the last time you were on a plane? Uh, flying back from India through Hong Kong and landing in uh, San Diego in January of 2020 and having uh, one of my sisters who worked at a, at a hospital call me and go, I heard that you were in Asia. And I went, yeah. She goes, tell me what was going on. And I explained to her, <laughs> get ready. This is going to get messy. <laughs> so going to get messy. That's the last time I was on a plane. 12 plus looking forward to getting back on a plane. My goodness, that's exciting. Um, yeah, because the, the, the world and, and particularly the, the accounting world, which was uh, spent on, at conferences and uh, visiting firms and obviously visiting the firm in India, uh, that was the norm. So not, not doing that for 12 months has, has been a bit of a change, hasn't it? Yeah, and not having uh, uh, conferences. For me, you know, virtual work was, you know, we do, we did a, we live in Zoom. We, I mean, we Zoom and Slack, you know, so either way we're, we're and um, that wasn't a big deal, but still, you know, ordinarily I would have been over in India by now. Um, uh, and then also we had, we had tickets booked for different conferences when my team was coming from India mm-hmm. to the United States. Uh, and because um, they come over here and get training. So it just, uh, it was different. And then also, Dealing with uh, clients who, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you've been wanting them. You've got to get virtual just in case, you know. And all of a sudden, it had to be happen. Had to happen. And that was that was an interesting endeavor. Yeah, we've come. We've, we've sort of interesting. We've been you and I have been talking about a, a lot of these key key elements of of this transformation for ten plus years. Um, but it seems to take a global pandemic for. for for people to finally stand up and take notice and, and actually do a lot of the things that we've been talking about for a long time, didn't it? Yeah, and it, and I think I think one of the things that comes back is it's, it's full, full circle. You can be virtual and you can do a lot of things virtually, but you still have to have the first thing going for you, and that is a relationship. Yeah. And and so you know people are raring to get back into it. There's all this Scott discussion about how often we're going to go back, what's the new normal, you know, all of that. But it's all about the thing that people have been missing is the relationship. And um, and it doesn't just apply to a, a, a firm and their clients. It's within the firm internally, um, the relationships that get built and the trust that gets built in a team that works together. Um, and, and being able to Having that trust in the first place and going virtual is a far, far different cry than not maybe having it and then going virtual. And that was definitely a discussion I had with a firm this morning about how they've had that problem. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to learning more about that as we were discussing prepping for this episode. But before we do that, just a bit of housekeeping, folks. Uh, the website for the podcast strategy and the virtual controller is satvc.co. So satvc.co. Uh, go there. You can obviously 
uh, like the episode, review the episode. You can find any articles because we'll be talking about the different books and, and different articles. Uh, you can find those and links to all of those at that website as well. So satbc.co is the website for strategy and the virtual controller. Just wanted to remind listeners as well, Penny, about the, the sort of the premise of, of what we built the podcast on. And, and it was a, the book by David Meister, which is called Strategy and the Fat Smoker. And I think the, the, the most important part of the title is the, is the subtitle. Um, that is doing what's obvious, but not easy. And so a quick, uh, a quick, um, overview of the book is regarding we often or even usually know what we should be doing in both our personal and professional lives. We also know why we should be doing it and how often. So we know these things and the same is true, uh, in our firms, the things that we should be doing, uh, and why we should be doing it. So figuring all that out is not too difficult. What's the very hard part is actually doing what you know to be good for you in the long run, in spite of short run uh, temptations. And so what we're really talking about is we know the strategies. Uh, they're, they're out there in the ether, in, in books and on websites and in podcasts and in webinars. Now it's the actual hard part of, of um, choosing which strategies you want to pursue, uh, identifying which ones are going to be good for you in the long run, and then um, doing the hard work to get them implemented. So if, if you haven't read Strategy in the Fat Smoker, a uh, really great book. Uh, and again, you can find the link on the, the podcast website, which is satbc.co. Uh, you can find a link there and, and order that off Amazon. But a really fascinating read about we know what's obvious uh, to do for ourselves, for our firm, but actually doing it day in, day, uh, day out for the long run That's the really difficult part. So have a read of his book and uh, that'll give you a little bit of inspiration to to come on this journey with us. Um, So Penny, um, while we're here sort of talking a little bit about us, a little bit about the podcast, your company is called Money Penny. Um, Tell us who you are, what you do and who are the types of clients that you work with? Uh, Let's see. I am a facilitator between uh, accounting firms bookkeeping firms, um, and an outsourced back office full of trained accountants who know how to run just about every North American-based and some other outside North American-based accounting programs and tax programs. Um, and we do that, plus we test apps, uh, integrating to accounting programs. And... and uh... Fundamentally, what you're doing is you're helping firms with their process, with their workflow, with their um, automate level of automation, uh, and, and then bringing in the right resources to load balance. Is that yeah, sort of right. a fair way yeah, so of, of talking how about How do you it? insource the work, and then how do you prep it so that the people on your team, whether they're internal to your office or external to your office, are there an app? How does that all flow together to get an end result for the client? End result is you have a good relationship with the client and you're doing value-added work for the client. What do you mean by insource the work? Okay, you got a client um, and you need to, if you're going to, you got to decide who's going to run the company, the firm. And and let's call it a business because it is a business. The business happens to do some type of accounting. So who's going to run your business? You or the client? 
You are the employees. You are the apps. Uh, who's going to run it? And um, who's going to make the decision on how all of that's going to happen? And what's the backup strategy when it fails? Um, because nothing's perfect. So that's that's where I work at because I've got to I've got to insource the work to me and to my team. So in order for that to happen efficiently, you've got to insource it to your office efficiently. So yeah. I start with that first. Then once that's moving smoothly, if you need us, we're there. Then we build the team to match the needs of that firm. Okay. Um, and, and what I was thinking in terms of what is insourcing, it's essentially going to your clients, your small, medium-sized business clients, and saying to them, you're experts at making widgets, whatever those widgets may be. Okay. We're experts at accounting. So we will take off that accounting function off your hands, off your plate, get that done for you so that you can use your very limited resources for um, – to, to, to focus on what you do best. And I think that's really a part of it as well, isn't it? Is we're in, we're in the business of accounting. That's what we do best. So let us work with your business so that you can focus on, on making the widgets and doing what you do best. And we will insource, um, that, uh, that, that accounting function, uh, for you. Yeah. And it, but if you do that, you have to decide that's what you really want to do. Yeah. I mean, uh, good point. Yeah, because that, that's true because businesses that do accounting, there's a couple of different things that they can, they can do, isn't, isn't there? Yeah, that sure. they, they can be a tax practice. They can be a payroll firm. They can be a, uh, what's sorry? An audit. An audit. An audit firm. Yeah, absolutely. They could do a, um, you got to make that decision. They could be off just, I just want to do after the fact bookkeeping. I want to just sit here and do that. You got to, this is something that if you want to do it and you want to present to your client that you're going to do it, it has to, it, you've made a promise. It has to work. It, it actually has to happen that you can't just put out there. We are a firm of the future, an advisory firm. <laughs> we are a, you know, a, a fractional CFO. There has to be some give back to the client. If you're going to do that, if you're going to say, give me all that stuff, you go make your widgets, you go sell your services, you go do whatever it is that you do, and I'll take care of all of this, then there has to be some reason and that they would give it to you that supersedes what they perceive as them being able to do it internally and control it internally. Because they're giving up a lot with the expectation of getting something important back that makes it worthwhile for them to, you know, follow your rules to get the end stuff coming in. And I think that's the trap that a lot of firms make, isn't it? Or fall into rather is that they become the generalists across everything. Um, as they're trying to grow their business and, 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 uh, shore up their revenue, they take on anything. They take on everything. They take on a bit of bookkeeping. They take on a bit of tax. They take on a bit of payroll. Um, depending on what they are, they, they, they may not um, take on audit, but I have seen firms that will, uh, the, 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 the name sort of grows from, uh, 
accountants to accountants and advisors and and all of a sudden you go to their website and and there's this long laundry list of every single service that they've ever provided but <laughs> never really become an expert in one and and so I think that really is um the the topic of today's conversation becoming laser focused on what it is that you want to do and also being comfortable with this idea of this is not this is not what I want to do yes. uh, and and making that delineation so penny what's your sort of experiences in the firms that you've worked with in terms of uh firms that have quickly and easily, or not, maybe not quickly, but have identified who they are and what they want to be when they grow up versus others? Well, it, it, I think it's, it's obviously easier for a newer startup, you know, um, mainly because they come into the game in the middle of this uh, con- highly connected world um, with lots and lots of good quality apps and training from those apps to assist them in moving along the um, the decision making of whether they're going to be an accounting firm, a bookkeeping firm, or a, or a, a virtual controller, or partial CFO, or fractional CFO. Those are much easier, and it, it goes along smoothly with those folks. Um, they start with us small, and then before you know it, they're just throwing work at us like crazy because they actually have the relationship with the client they went into with that idea. Um, it's much more difficult, I think, for firms that are already well-established, where especially if they do all of those things that you brought in, they probably already siloed the firm. And by siloing it, the adoption of something that is uh, transparent, such as a a workflow tasking application is difficult for them to accept. And um, so it's just, it's kind of like, well, these are my clients and I like them this way and I do it this way. Yeah. But the firm wants to do it. We want to do this fractional CFO and, you know, we can't do it without everybody being involved. So you kind of have to, if you're the firm partner or partners, owners, you first have to decide, do you want to do this? And what is this? What is it that you define as your fractional CFO controller, client advisory? What's your definition of it? What do you, what do you picture you doing that makes that so special? What's, what is the deliverable that you plan on giving to that client? Um, I'm working right now with a firm that has an idea in mind and that they wanted, they go, well, we got to get branding. We got to, we got to get a logo. We got to get a website. And I said, yes, you do. You do. And here's, here's somebody who'll do that. And here's, cause they came to me and I said, okay, we've got somebody to do that. I said, now all of that's being done. Let's talk about what you're going to deliver. What is it that you're going to deliver? You got a nice idea, but you've got to give the client something. And I don't mean like a piece of paper or anything, but you've got to give them a, a reason to want to come back every month and do this again with you. And I think that's a really good point is that um, we, we'll, we'll touch, the, touch on this in another episode as well. But what is a fractional CFO? What is, yeah. what is an advisor? What is an advisory? And I think a lot of small, medium-sized businesses, they all need these types of services, but they don't know why. 
um, and they don't know what they actually are. Like, I, I understand the benefit of a cash flow forecast, but do your small business owners and, and do they really understand it? Do and they, do they, do they, why you, why you need to have those documents? Yeah. And, and, and if they don't value it and if they don't understand it, they're not going to give it to you. And if they're not going to give it to you, then your whole idea of being a fractional CFO means you're not closing the books every month. Now, they can say, well, you know, we're using QuickBooks and Zero and they don't close the books. And like, they do. They do. They create a monthly yeah. report. Monthly, and, yeah. and, and what's the value of that monthly report? Well, then you're looking at that report, right? And on a certain day every month, you know, this client, their books are going to be done. They're going to be closed and you can guarantee those numbers and you can look at those numbers and you can compare them to not only prior months, but you can compare them to what you now know about that client because you've had the time as a CFO to learn about the client. You've developed a relationship. So now you can talk to them about their business, not about a P&L or a balance sheet, uh, which doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't mean anything unless they're going for a bank loan or something, really. Yeah. and, and so I, I, What I, are you I, providing? What's your deliverable? What is it that you do that's so good that somebody's going to pay you a reoccurring flat fee every month and follow every rule and use every app that you give them the way you want them to use it to make your life easier to be a CFO? What are you giving back? And that's where I have seen over and over again the fail. And you go in and you get it, you get, you get it. Somebody goes, okay, we want you to do a bookkeeping and, you know, the books are okay and we got all the feeds coming in and we'll go in and we'll go, yeah, but you haven't accepted anything from the feeds for the last four months and nothing's been reconciled in this account for six months. And you're on your website saying that you're, you're doing fractional CFO services, or you're doing client advisory services. What are you advising them on and when? What was the deliverable that you gave them? And if they're paying you that flat rate, how much time are you spending asking where is it, where is it, where is it, and not getting it? You've used up even the modicum of profit you were going to make off that flat rate, and you're just everybody's just frustrated, and nobody's happy, and you're not doing what you want to do. And and so basically what's happening there is that the client's not bought into this process of using the applications, the team's not bought into using the uh, do it, following the process, accepting the transactions, et cetera, because they don't understand why, they don't understand what the deliverable is. And I, and I, think, I think a lot of firms overcomplicate it. I, I think um, a lot of firms, a lot of firms either overcomplicate it um, and then combine that with, um, old processes. To your oh, point, yeah, about kill, yeah. to, to your point about we need to accept the the transactions on a, a, a regular basis, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. You see a lot of firms that are that uh, are trying to run this service, but only coming into a client's books once a month. And there's no way that you're going to be able to process all of the data once a month because that's what they used to do in their write-up days when it, when it was just a half a day dedicated to a particular client. But to be successful at this, you need to be in the client's books every couple of days, don't you? Well, yeah, depending on the size of the client, you do. But you also need to be in, a, if, if nothing else, just to get an understanding of the client. I mean, you, if you're looking at a lot of data once a month on a client, 
And, you know, it's not unusual to get somebody who has 300 transactions a day coming in because mm-hmm. of all the feeds and because of the kind of business they're at. We see that all the time. How are you going to know if there's an issue that you need to deal with or bring up to the client or if there's potential here, you know, maybe it's time for you to get a 401k. Maybe it's time for you to open up a money market account. If they're a smaller new startup business, maybe it's time that, you know, you, you know, why, why is this, why are these transactions so out of whack compared to what we saw last month? Uh, and uh, like for the last six months. The well, I mean, your example last time of your example last time of Ramon. Ramon, what are these? Uh, every every couple of months, there's a ten thousand dollar transaction that's that that is being reported as income. What is that? Just being able yes. to ask those questions. Just be able to ask that question, and 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 if you're not in them on a regular basis, and it doesn't need to be you. If you're the if you're the partner or owner or you're the person driving this. It's not you that has to be in there all the time, but certainly if you've got a team, you, your team is somebody is touching that client's books enough to know the client so that when you do talk to them, because you should, as a deliverable, if you're going to be somebody's fractional CFO, client advisor, controller, whatever you want to call it, I sure as heck hope you're talking to them every month at minimum, at minimum. That you're speaking to them one on one, you know, that this is a uh, in the days of, of COVID, either a virtual meeting, but certainly outside of that. And we get into the end of it, fingers crossed that you actually meet with this person and this business um, to, you know, develop that relationship and to get a feel for it. Because let me tell you something. It's not always just in the numbers. It's 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 it's. You know, you you got to look at a person and see if they're sweating or not and why. But if you're not doing that, you're really not doing what your website says you're doing. So admit it. Sit down. We, You know, in that in that book, you know, I just I put here's a list of what the world considers client advisory in a general because it's different with every firm. But sit down. Look at it. Here's all the things that you do in your firm. Just list them all. What is it that you really want to do? Do you and I think really that's what want it to do payroll? Because, yeah, because it's, it's easy to put on, on your website advisory or part-time controller or uh, just add another line item um, to the to the exhausting growing list. Of yeah, because the marketing people told you to do it. Yeah. It but, but the realization is to actually do this successfully – you need time. You need resources. Uh, you, you need, you need the clients. Um, it, it's not just as easy as, um, putting it on our website and, and we'll do it for one or two clients, um, that request it. It, it, it really has to form a part of your core value proposition, doesn't it? And, and it actually means letting go of a few things because. Oh, yeah. Because if you have, if you got, if you got your old stuff, your old processes, your old means of doing things, it's too damn easy to fall back into that. It's way too easy for somebody to come in and say, yeah, but I'm not going to do it that way. It's way too easy to, for somebody to say, yeah, the client doesn't want to do that. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you, you're either in for a penny, in for a pound. Um, if you're going to put it on your website and if you're going to go to a client and you're going to sell them 
CFO, fractional CFO services or advisory services, then what are you going to deliver that makes it valuable enough for them to, to follow through on what you need for them to do? All these apps that are out there that, and, and I could go through a litany of them because we, I did this morning with a client. It's like, if the client doesn't use these apps that you give them, then everything fails. Yeah. <laughs> everything fails. I'm sorry. Yep. I'm sorry. You just bought an expensive app and you, and you just spent a lot of time learning it and you gave it to your client and your client never used it. So you're back to picking up the phone and begging for something. What makes them want to use it is the fact that the first time they use it, they get a yay from you and a piece of information that they did not know and you gave them some kind of value. And and my my classic example there, Penny, is when we worked at when I worked at Receipt Bank, and you talk, we we talked to a a number of firms, um, and the, you're absolutely right that they would stumble at the first hurdle, which was getting the app in their clients' hands and getting their clients to use it, snapping pictures of the receipts of the of, of the bills as they and and most importantly doing it as they're coming in. So yeah. while they're waiting for their coffee, snapping a picture of it. As soon as the AT&T bill comes in, snapping a picture of it, scanning it, forwarding it, whatever it is. Um, and, and when we dug into it, the reason being it was the conversation that was happening between the, the accountant and the client. And it typically went something like this. And it was, Penny, I need you to use this, this app called Receipt Bank um, because it's going to make my life easier. It's going to get me all the information that I need to, to, to do my job. Um, and almost immediately... Uh, you, you saw the, the eyes roll back in the client's head because they're like, wait, you're charging me a fortune uh, yeah. and now you're giving me this stuff that I'm probably paying for to make your life easier. I, I don't yeah. get it. I'm not bought into this. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not bought into this. Whereas the, the most successful firms that we saw were, didn't really talk about our role, but they talked about the accountant's role, but they talked about that deliverable. Yep. Uh, Penny. I need you to use this app because what it means is on, on the first day or the second day of every month, we're going to be able to provide you with your P&L, with your uh, this month versus last month. Uh, we're able to provide you with your um, your month-to-date, year-to-date reports that we're going to sit down and have a conversation about. That was the deliverable, and that's what the client valued. Um, and that is what got the client engaged in this whole process and adoption of technology. So that's really important is, is understanding Mr. and Mrs. Client, I need you to do a certain activity back to your what's in it for me. Um, and, and here's why you need to do it. And it has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with you and your business. I have two. Sometimes we take on direct businesses and I've got two CFOs that have hired us to do, and they were startups, to get them started uh, using, and in one case, the guy didn't have any software in place, none whatsoever. And to get them to use the apps, it, 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 was, it was always like, why should I do this? Okay, I would put them on a Zoom meeting, and I would show them the workflow, and then I would show them, this is what you would get, and this is when you would get it. So in both cases, they, 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 they each took different apps of the ones that I showed them um, because they got what was comfortable for them in their company based on their employees 
and the way that company works. They both had were project based. Uh, they both had to track by project uh, expenses and income. They both had a lot of similarities, but it was all in how they wanted to look at things. And it it took a good one to two months of me playing around with stuff and showing them. And every and it was always constantly, what's it going to look like for me? What am I going to get from this? How is this going to make my life easier? Her, over and over and over again. And it was kind of like, you know, oh, oh, and it, that's great. Oh my God. Oh, you know, you get though, you get that zoom on and they would go, that worked perfect. Okay. Put that together. And, mm-hmm. you know, and this is, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do any of the accounting. Uh, we're, we're not responsible for anything other than making sure the data is in the right place. Here we're just playing traffic cop. That's all we're doing. The CFO of those two companies, uh, each of them has to provide a deliverable to their board every month. And we give it to them. And they manage the whole thing, but they are using the apps that we gave them 100% because they got what they needed out of it. And I think that's a really good point, actually. It's going to take time. Whether it's your clients, whether it's your team, it's going to take time and reinforcement and repetition, repetition, repetition. Um, and I think a lot of, again, uh, I, I think uh, someone will probably strike me down for this, but I, I think um, the Intuit firm, the future, and a few, they're sort of, you've got to jump into advisory. I think they've done... Uh, accountants and bookkeepers, bit of a disservice because the, the, they've given this idea that if you build it, they will come. Um, that, oh, I put it on the website and, and, and my clients will be falling over themselves. Uh, that all of the surveys have said small business clients want their accountant to give, so that they'll be falling over themselves to, to take up these services. But again, most small businesses don't really know what a CFO does. Um, most small business don't know what advisory is. Most accounting firms don't know what advisory is. Your team certainly doesn't know what's going on and how you're going to deliver it. So it is really important to get clear about who you are and, and what you're delivering, why you're delivering it. And then you've got to drill it into, into your team, your partners, your clients to get their buy into this process. I mean, I always remember the example of it took me a long time to get addicted to smoking. You had to be really dedicated to get addicted to smoking because that first experience, there's no way that, uh, there's no way that if, that anyone would continue to, to smoke. And, and so I, I, I don't think it's. Not the right, uh, not the right um, analogy here, but repetition is, is really critical. And, and that's why I think having clear um, clarity on who you are and what you want to be is, is really, really important. And you don't have to do all of that. If yes. it's not what floats your boat, if it's not what gets you up out of bed in the morning, if you don't want to be that kind of firm, okay, no problem. There's a lot out there that still needs to be faced, like audit work and compliance work that needs to be done. You don't have to be that. But if you want to be that, then you have to focus on it. And then if you have other people working with you, be they partners or employees, you all have to talk the same language. Mm-hmm. All Everybody has to say the same thing with the client. Nobody can say, don't worry, I'll take care of that for you. 
and then backpedal on something and allow it to fall. If you're not, it's, it's, everybody's got to be in on this. Everybody has to be a team player. Everybody. And, and I mean, everybody, mm-hmm. I don't mean just the accountants and bookkeepers in your firm. I mean, your administrative staff too. And the apps that you work with, um, they all have to be fit into what you want. And there are a lot of apps out there, but if something's working for you and it's working for your clients, then you don't, you know, it doesn't hurt to have somebody that can look at new and upcoming apps. There's certainly changes that are occurring, uh, but but still, if it's working, everybody should be in it. Everybody, if you're going to have a workflow, everybody should be in the workflow. Oh yeah. Whether, yeah. whether whether they've got an active client or not, whether they are actually working on a client, they could just be an admin staff. They could be just a high level CPA who never really does any of that tasking, but they've got to be able to see what's going on. And How many times have you gone into a firm where there's maybe three partners and and three different ways to prepare a tax return? Uh, oh God, it, yeah. <laughs> it, it, does, it doesn't. That's not going to work. In this kind of a, of a world, yeah. if that's what that that is not going to work. You can do that if all you want to do is do tech. And let me tell you, there are so many clients that we have that are just strictly bookkeeping firms, and they love having the relationship with the client. They send us all the traffic cop work to do. They have the relationship with the client, and invariably, I get calls. Do you know a CPA who just wants to do tax returns? And there's and, money out there. Yeah, so there's, there, there is. If that's all you want to do, there's nothing wrong with it, and there's plenty of work out there to do it. Um, so, uh, like, you'll run into somebody who go, you know, I have somebody who needs an audit, and I don't do that, and I don't want to do that, and so I need to connect with another firm that does that. So, but because these are these are firms that have said, this is what we're going to do, this is what we like to do. And everybody in the company is in on the plan. Nobody goes off script. Um, I did that comparison between the two firms. Which place would you rather work? And 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 the place that you know everybody said raise their hand, go yeah, I want to work in that firm. I could tell you she she plans this out every year. She goes through a major planning and review with her team. Where are we at? How did we do? Not from a standpoint of, of, uh, you know, client stuff, but how did it work for you? How did, how did using these tools work? Did you see anything that was different that could be better? Are we all on the same page? She brings them in constantly, but once a year, she has a big, huge week with her team and it's away from the office. And it's always in a beautiful setting, uh, whether it's in, a, it's in a resort somewhere. And they just sit down and they have a good time being a team, as well as working out how did this work, what didn't work. And then the last thing is, now, how did that work for the clients and what didn't work for the clients? So start with what do you want, get a team that wants what you want and agrees with it, and then go find clients that are willing to come along because they like what you gave them. I have another client who, who, uh, he, he's great. He's, he's out of Texas and, you know, he's strict about what dates he wants each client's books closed because he has a meeting and he has a set deliverable that he gives to them. 
and he's he's on it, man. He's like, he'll be slacking me. Hey, we got a day. Is, are they going to get this done? <laughs> yeah, don't worry. We will. We will. Don't worry about it. And, and it just, um, he, he holds to it. He doesn't let it slide. We let him know if we're running into a time issue because we're not getting something that we need to complete it. He is on it with the client. Hey, we're going to have our meeting in three days. You need to give me that information. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to give you everything that we usually do. You know, and all it took was a couple of times with clients to, to tell them that. But the thing is, he gave them that deliverable. Exactly. Because the, 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 the client experienced it. They had the conversation about this month versus last month or, or whatever happens in that meeting. And I'm, I'm assuming the clients perceived a little bit of value in that meeting, which was well, enough of that, uh, that dopamine, if you will, to be like, oh, yes, we're going to get addicted to this because this helps us make better decisions in our business. Oh yeah, there are out of, out of uh, all of his clients, there are quite a few that we notice that the amount of work that he's doing for them and that he's sending over to us has increased greatly. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those funny things that accountants always come back with more work whenever they sit in front of their clients. So, yeah. how do we take up time? But, but again, we'll, we'll, we'll build on that. Penny, one of the articles that we've been discussing from Harvard is around creating a purpose-driven organization, yeah. and, and on the website we'll have a link to the article, so um, you can go in and have a read of it. But I, I thought it was interesting because. As with all things in Harvard, it, it's always talking about Fortune 500 companies and, and the importance of, um, of, of this is how the, the world's biggest companies made, made millions of dollars for their shareholders. Um, what about for small, medium-sized accounting and bookkeeping firms and being a purpose-driven organization? How, how does that translate to these smaller firms, these smaller businesses that you and I are working with? Well, you, you heard that story about the, uh, the CPA that meets with her team once yet. Yep. They actually have brought me out to some of them. So I've actually sat in for the week. <laughs> Last time I was in the Dominican. So, uh, but, and I said, I'm not doing that again. That's too long of a flight, <laughs> but that's <laughs> as long as going to India. But, um, the, other, the there have been like just, uh, last week, uh, sat in on, this was a Zoom meeting. Uh, with a very small firm. Um, she is just now opening her second office. She has one in California. She's going to open one in Montana. Um, and uh, she has a meeting every m- week with her team um, in both places. But also, she has, every year she has it, her mission statement of the year internally. And like... Uh, Two years ago, it was finding the the technology apps, her little black dress that she wanted to work with and that would work well and that everybody could get in on. Um, then it was, uh, uh, the next one was, the next year was, how do we make this process flow and, and get the work done faster and make sure that we're getting it timely done and what are we delivering to the client? And now it's, it's, uh, this year it's client expectation. So everybody has that in front of them. What's the expectation of the client and are we meeting it? What we've, we've got the contracts in front of us. We've got the engagements in front of us. This is what we've promised them. And are we meeting it and also asking the client, what's your experience of us? Are we hitting our mark? 
And so every year she's done something. And, and although she's doing a lot of things in her firm, she has something in front of her that she's focusing on because it's huge to make these changes. And she's just, she's, when we met her three years ago, she was just one accountant working by herself. Now she's got two offices. Wow. And I, I think that's actually a really important point, Penny, is we don't need to save the world. Um, you know, you, you sort of even the, the title of, of that article, Creating a Purpose-Driven Organization, it's up to you to define purpose, um, yep. purpose in terms of your clients, purpose in terms of your team. Um, and, and I like the fact that just each year we're going to chip away at a very particular part to drive us forward. Um, and I, I think that's something um, that that hopefully listeners can take can take away from today's um, episode is you don't need to fix the world today. But if there's one small aspect and, and hopefully today is uh, is becoming really clear on why we're in business, what are we in in business to do um, and what are we in, in not in business to do? So I, I think that's that's something to, to really come away from today's episode is what is it that you are? Why are you in business? Yeah. And, and you have to be happy at, at yeah. some point. You've got <laughs> to be happy. And, um, and yeah, I'm sure, I, I, I've seen a Venn diagram where there's happiness, revenue, and I can't remember what the third one is. I'll try and dig that out for the next episode, but it's very much this Venn diagram where right in the middle is your sweet spot. And so that's where you should focus in terms of what are the types of services and clients that make you happy? What are the types of clients and services that are profitable? And then, I, as I said, I can't remember that one down the bottom there, but there is definitely a Venn diagram of this sweet spot that, that, that is where you should operate. And, you know, I think, I think it's, it's, it's much easier for a, uh, even small to medium sized firm to be able to do that. I mean, if you're working in a huge, you know, mega, super regional, uh, you know, big, huge firm, you, you're doing that by division. Um, but in, at the, at the end of the day, um, you've got to love what you do and your clients have to love the deliverable you're giving them. And if you can get those two things in sync, then, you know, the clients are going to do what you want. You, there's no more begging. They're going to be anxious to give you the information. They're going to be anxious to communicate with you. Um, I know it because I'm not just dealing with firms. I'm dealing with small businesses that come to me. And I tell them right up front, look, you better have a CPA because I'm not going to be the last word when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'll do all the traffic cop you want. I will help facilitate it. But, you know, they still keep on coming back because they're getting what the, what we told them they would get. I didn't overpromise, uh, and I didn't tell them I could do something that, one, I wasn't, I don't want to do. Could I be capable of doing something like that? Yes. Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> are you kidding me? I'm not, I'm not stupid. And I've spent 25 years doing this, working with accountants, and um, and I've done a few tax returns in my life. I've met, I've closed a few sets of books in my life, <laughs> but it doesn't make me happy to do it. So, but I'm I'm really honest. Like, oh God, no, I, I, I no, I I'm not that kind of person. Right now, I'm sitting here talking to you, and both knees are jumping up and down, and, and like I sat long enough, you know, squirrel. 
<laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a good point because, and probably one that we'll finish on is, as you said, you've done a few tax returns, you've closed a few sets of books in your time. Your client wouldn't know a good set of books. Your client yeah. wouldn't know a tax return yeah. if it hit him in the head. I could, I could, to some of them, I could, I could, I could put anything out there and they'd yeah. be okay. But, but they do know if they're going to, they do know if they've got enough cash in the bank to meet payroll. They do want to know if they've got enough cash to, to pay their bills. They want to know that they've got a little bit of cash that they can put into savings. They want to know that they grew last uh, last month or last quarter. Mm-hmm. Those types hey, of- I had one the other day. She, she called me. She goes, okay, we're planning on having a baby. Can you teach me how I can um, manage my money and my business a little bit better, and we looked through her PL. I showed her a comparison of what she did, even during COVID, how she did a little bit okay. And then I introduced her to the profit first method. I said, Here's this book you need to read, and I'm going to tell you, you know what? Let's open up uh, a good interest money market account. You're not getting it from your bank. Let's open it up over here. Gave her a fintech, and and I said, I don't care what you do, just put this amount every month. You can manage that. Right. You can manage that. Right. And she goes, yeah, I can. And I go, go ahead, do that every month. And, you know, her friend who told who I also do her books for, she told her to have this conversation with me because that with her, I told her two years ago to do this. And she's like going, I can't believe how easy that was. And, you know, sometimes that's all it took. But that's about as far as I go. With that stuff. <laughs> but I mean. That just was a little bit of a conversation that you can have with any client. And I know, I know all of my firm clients would have found another way to make money off of that conversation and would have added value to it. That's not my business. And that's not what these clients are to me because they're my guinea pigs. So, um, but I mean, you know, how often do you get a call that says, Hey, um, we're trying to have a baby and I need to, what do you think I should do about putting some money away? We want to buy a house and, you know, my husband's doing really well. I'm doing well, but we, what, what do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. And, and you want to be able to take that call. You don't want to, be, <laughs> you want to have the time to have that conversation because that's where the value is. Um, and so Penny, I think if, if we sort of round out today's episode and we sort of start thinking about what we're going to touch on, on, on our next podcast episode, it's becoming taking some time out to become very clear on the types of services and the types of people that you want to work with. That's what I'm sort of picking up out of today's episode. And the deliverables that you're willing that you can commit to. Because you can't just lob a tax return over the fence. You can't just lob a, a P&L over the fence, can you? And expect to expect the client to 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 be delighted. Yeah, and not and and don't be surprised if somebody else comes in and takes them away from you. Yeah, and and I think once we've, I I, I think that's important. What are the deliverables? What are the and and deliverable services uh, types of clients we want to be working with? I think it's really important to become crystal clear on that, um, because once we've done that, we can then move into the actual. Well, what do we need to do to get us there? What are the, what are the activities that we need to let go of? What are the activities that we need to, to look at our process and automate? Um, and, and that's, I think, the, the, the part of our, um, our next episode is where we, once we've got clarity here on what we are, what we want to be, who we want to look after and what we want to deliver to our clients. The next episode is how do you get clarity with your employees? Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, because you you might get clear. You might you you might be ra- dialed right in on what you want, but you better make sure that the people around you want the same thing. And I think maybe that's where we start our next episode because we've seen a, a whole host of firms absolutely derailed uh, because the 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 vision of the the owners and the vision and and the understanding of the teams are completely different, or even multiple owners who don't have the same yeah. vision. Yeah, that's what that's I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> maybe that's where we uh we uh we we lead off on on our next episode uh where we dive deeper into being crystal clear on what we want to do what are the types of services we want to provide uh what are the deliverables that we want to deliver uh and then we can uh focus on how we're actually going to get there and delivering them so penny uh, this has been um a, a really good uh uh, way to kick things off. I think we, we often launch straight into the app or firms launch straight into the app, straight into the workflow, straight into reporting and, and all these, um, whiz bang reporting apps, but they don't spend any time on the front end really defining who they are, um, and what they want to deliver to their clients. Get your brand going. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Got to get your brand. So folks, um, jump on the website, satvc.co. Um, you can see the, the Harvard Business article. You can see Strategy in the Fat Smoker and where to download or order those from. Um, Penny, we will see you next week when we get into to, um, to more on Strategy in the Virtual Controller. All right. You got it. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. Have a good one.